1: The Steelers Insider, presented by McDonald's. I'm loving it on ESPN Pittsburgh. Simulcast on Steelers Nation Radio. Now, here's Jerry Dulac and Dale Lally.
0: Yeah, we're back on uh, Steeler Huddle. You can hear us every Tuesday night, seven to nine p.m. Jerry Dulac and, and uh, Dale Lawley, and you can hear Dale just about every day on Steeler Nation Radio. Just about right, every, every day, day but Saturday. Every I believe. day but Saturday, and, uh, and that's
1: probably in the loop somewhere.
0: Yeah, you can hear uh, me tomorrow from and Wednesday from, excuse me, Wednesday and Friday from noon to one p.m. Uh, with Tim Benz. Uh, those two days on uh, Steeler Nation Radio. And of course, Dale and I will be back with you. And next Tuesday night, following Sunday's home opener uh, against the Minnesota Vikings, uh, I was impressed with the Vikings, Dale. You know they won the division two years ago, eleven and five. A lot was expected of them last year, including from me. I had them as the NFC representative in the Super Bowl until Teddy Bridgewater got hurt right before the season. They made the the kind of the desperate move to trade for Sam Bradford. They gave up a lot. They were fortunate to find uh, a quarterback of that caliber and that pedigree at that point in the season. The Eagles were willing. Uh, a team uh, to a trade because they had Carson Wentz, their number one draft pick. And uh, so it was a good deal for both teams. Sam Bradford went on to lead the NFL not only in completion percentage but set an NFL record at 71.5%. And he's off to another big start, Uh, completed 27 to 32 last night for 300. (laughs) Three of those were drops. Forty, I know, 46 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, and he got everybody involved. He got Stephon Diggs on two of the touchdowns. He got Kyle Rudolph involved, and he got the uh, the other kid, number nineteen. Uh, I, I'm drawing the a slot blank. receiver. Yeah, uh, I'm drawing uh, a blank on his name, Greg no. something or other. He caught yeah. like seven balls for 150 yards. So he spread that ball around, and they're up. And of course, Dalvin Cook rushed for what 122 or so, caught a few passes, and he looks very good. They won't miss Adrian Peterson at all.
1: No, they won't. And and you know when you when you get young legs at that position. Uh, it certainly makes a difference and and he you know they quit the game away late with their running game uh that that had been an issue. their problem last year was the offensive line, and basically they blew the whole thing up and started over. They got five new starters on their offensive line this year, which you just don't see happening and, and you know when you look at that offensive line, they hadn't played together at all in the preseason as a group and stepping out there in the field yesterday against the uh against the New Orleans Saints, that did not appear to be the case. They looked like they'd been uh, playing together for quite some time. Now, whether that was a case where the Saints weren't going to be a team that tested them a great deal, I don't know. Um, but we'll see what this weekend when they come to town and play the Steelers. I expect the Steelers to try to uh, – they have to get after after Bradford. They have to stop the run first and then try to get after Bradford. They cannot allow him back there uh, to pick them apart because he is just way too accurate to allow that to happen.
0: Yeah, and uh, uh, Laquan Treadwell has not uh, uh, played for them. Uh, you know, they uh, drafted him uh, on the first round. and uh, But Stephon Diggs, I don't want to call him a surprise. He's certainly not a surprise this year, but this was a guy who, boom, burst onto the scene last year with big plays. And as I mentioned earlier, he'd said last year that uh, Antonio Brown is kind of his idol. Um, he patterns his game after Antonio Brown. And not a bad guy to pattern your game after
1: no absolutely not and and uh you know between him and adam Theline the uh the slot receiver that's that, the guy <laughs> yeah, they've got a couple guys there the tight end kyle rudolph is a guy who led them in catches last year he's another guy that you have to be uh cognizant of out there uh you mentioned treadwells they basically their are number three or four receiver now and he's a number one draft pick from last year so they have some talent um you know it's just a matter of you know, they brought in Riley Reef from, uh, from Detroit to play left tackle for them. They brought in uh, Nick Easton from San Francisco, uh, Joe Berger from, at guard from uh, Dallas, uh, Mike Remmers from uh, San Diego. So four free agent guys on that offensive line and really just, uh, you know, Pat Elf in the, the center is the only holdover and, and actually he's a rookie. Uh, he was in the draft this year. So just a complete and utter makeover on that offensive line. You don't see that happen too often like that. And, and I'll, I'll be interested to see if the Steelers could, or can get after that a little bit and see what they can do there to to, uh, to create some pressure because that was the issue last year that, the, that, that they had. Uh, that, you know, that's why Bradford – in many ways was able to set some of those passing records. They didn't throw the ball downfield at all. He couldn't, all. right? He did have yeah. time. He had to get rid of the ball short. It was know? one, two, right. three, duck, and, and get <laughs> rid of the ball, and everything was sideways. Uh, you know, Stephon Diggs is a fast guy. Uh, they didn't try much down the field stuff at all last year because they couldn't.
0: Yeah, when I do uh, the uh, uh, report card that I do for the Post-Gazette after the game, uh, I gave the offensive line a low grade. Uh, obviously, we didn't see anything from the running backs, not only Le'Veon Bell, but James Conner. There was just really nowhere to run. Uh, and while I thought Le'Veon Bell showed some lack of timing and rhythm, especially in the passing game, yeah. probably more so than the run game, there was just nowhere to run. And with it, you're talking about an offensive line that arguably is the best in the league. A Dallas the expectations lo- are much higher yeah. than that. And And not that I thought they'd come out and rush for 250 yards. Cleveland did have the 31st-ranked rush defense last year. Uh, Greg Williams is out to change that. Uh, Obviously, he did, at least for this game, against the uh, Steelers. Uh, But I just thought that the offensive line did not perform very well. They would say the same thing. They protected Ben well, only one sack. I think it was on the first play of the third quarter. Uh, But beyond that, the protection was pretty good. They were playing without Miles Garrett. um, And, um, you know, Danny Shelton just played, what, uh, not not very much at all, a handful of plays. He, he's been injured. He's their big run stuffer in the middle. And I just thought they would have a little bit more success. But uh, I think Le'Veon Bell's longest run was 15 yards, and that wasn't until midway through the fourth quarter. So I just thought the offensive line really underperformed in this game, considering they've retained all five of them and, and just how good they are.
1: Yeah, and I wonder how much of that, too, had to deal, though, with, with the fact that they weren't able to to really come out there and, and sustain any drives that, that... – you know, they weren't able to come out and run the ball effectively. Four, right, because, four rushes in the first half isn't enough.
0: No, and, and, and again, I think that's because of the, the, the penalties in yeah. the field position. Yeah. When you look second and 15, third and 12, first and 20, you know, they put themselves in position where it wasn't conducive to be able to run the ball and sustain any type of drives on the ground.
1: Yeah, and that's just, you know, Le'Veon Bell talked about that after the game, how he didn't feel like he was really had a chance to get involved with the football game. And again, four carries for him in the first half just – you know we saw him get four carries per per possession last year um you know we saw him get four carries in a row uh and they just weren't able to do that in that situation because you know they 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 weren't effective running the ball and and B they kept getting all those penalties uh it just it just made everything it bogged everything down uh we'll see if that's better this week i think a lot of that was timing issues uh because they had a bunch of guys that hadn't played a lot in the preseason and conversely when you look at the Cleveland Browns they had to play their guys in the preseason. They had to, you know, they have a bunch of young guys. And so, you know, for them, they had already had 100-plus plays under their belt. Whereas, you know, even the Steelers' offensive line, that first unit, really had only played about a half together uh, in the preseason. So it wasn't, you know, I don't even know that it was that. Um, That third game, uh, they got some guys in and out of there pretty quickly. So there there were some timing issues, I think, and – they should get better uh you know the, the track record is there they were great last year uh it would it would be uh, really a stretch to think that they won't be great again this year
0: yeah i i, I agree dale i mean i'm certainly not going to sit here and, and panic over it i think people would have been really honked off had they lost that game because oh, absolutely. you know new and and the mindset would have been uh oh, New England lost. There was an opportunity to gain the upper hand on the number one seed as though the entire battle and the entire focus of this of this season is going to be how the Steelers fare relative to New England because you can't let them get that number one seed again because the Steelers <laughs> can't win up there. That's what that that whole thing would have been this week. That's all, all we would have heard. But, you know, I mean, I, I, I've certainly learned a long time ago, yeah, it, it's not pretty. They don't give style points. And the players, Dale, as you know, yeah, they don't like that they didn't perform well, they don't like that they didn't tackle well, they don't like that all the penalties, but they like that they won, and that's what they care about
1: yeah, and that, you know that's what you heard guys talking about after the game look this is this is a very teachable moment uh, for a lot of these young players on this team, but it's easier to to teach those those moments when you've won. Uh, you know guys aren't ticked off that they lost a football game um, and you know, hey, New England did lose on opening uh, opening day and Tom Brady did not look good. Uh, does that mean that, that, uh, you know, everything is, is shot for their season. I mean, they, they lost a football game at home uh, and Brady was 16 to 36 and their defense got shredded. Um, you know, the, the, there's a lot of football left to be played. you you know, that now the new England Patriots get to play the new England, uh, the uh, new Orleans saints this week, that same saints team that, that uh, Minnesota just lit up. You think Brady's uh, <laughs> he might be in for a big day this week. Uh, I thought it was interesting that to me that, that Baltimore went down to Cincinnati and shut them out. Um, yeah, I, you that, know, that's, because that's one that I didn't expect.
0: Cincinnati, yeah, me either. I pick Cincinnati. Cincinnati's had success against them. They'd won six of the past seven. Um, and you know, I I I kind of thought that maybe last season was a bit of an aberration uh, uh, for the Bengals. Um, but you know, they lose that game. They've now lost ten of their last fifteen regular season games, and this from a team that. Had won five of the been in the postseason five of the six previous seasons, um, and I mean, one thing to lose. I just didn't think they'd be shut out at home. I mean, Baltimore's defense is not that
1: good. It, it's good, but you're it's right. Good, it's, right. It's it's not that good, and it makes me you know I wonder if the Bengals' window of opportunity hasn't closed. I mean, I think looking he back, did Dalton throw a lot of picks to him? He threw four, four interceptions right, in the right, game, right, right. Uh, and they had five hundred total. Yeah, that'll do it. Uh, he was sacked five times. And, you know, that, uh, just a couple of years ago, that was a roster that I thought was one of the most talented in the NFL. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, you look at what they've done now, and a lot of those guys are gone. Uh, they, they haven't ponied up the money to keep some of those guys. They, they kept the A.J. Greens, they re upped Andy Dalton, uh, but they allowed a lot of the other guys, the Marvin Jones of the world, and, you know, Muhammad, Muhammad Sen, those, yeah. those nice secondary players, they let them walk. Uh, you know, and we're going to see another one this week, uh, you know, and, and he's 39 years old. Terrence Newman still going, uh, still playing in this league, cornerback at 39 and was playing like James Harrison. Yeah, but not cornerback. I mean, it's one, I know, I know. It's one thing to play, a, a, you know, a, 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 for a quarterback to do it. And, and it, it's good for, you know, a linebackers. It's really exceptional for a linebacker to be playing at 39. To play cornerback at 39, I, I, the only other guy I can think of is Daryl Grant. Or Daryl Green, I'm sorry. Yeah, Daryl Green for Washington. Yeah, yeah, I mean, because that's a speed position. You just don't see that very often. Jerry Dulac and Dale Lolly it's Steeler
0: Hutto. We're going to take a break, and we're going to come back with our final segment. We're going to open up the phone lines, 412-922-2874. If you want to jump in uh, with a question for Dale and I, we'll jam it in here uh, on our last segment. And we'll be back right after this.
1: The Steelers Insider, presented by McDonald's. I'm loving it on ESPN Pittsburgh. Simulcast on Steelers Nation Radio. Now, here's Jerry Dulac and Dale Lally.
0: Dale, we were mentioning about the Kansas City Chiefs earlier. I wanted to ask you if if you were one of those ones that believed in the Chiefs roster. Uh, I think uh, they had won 23 of their last 27 regular season games in the offseason. They decided to make just about, uh, no changes. They lost Dontari Poe, their nose tackle, in free agency, but it's basically the same rog- uh, roster. Uh, they believed in it, um, and I was just curious if you thought Oakland was ready to overtake them. They fin- each finished twelve and four right, right. last year. Um, what did what was your thought process for the AFC West going into the season? I'm no, I picked
1: I picked the Chiefs to win the so West this I, year. So and I think I think they've got a good team. I think Andy Reid is an outstanding coach, um, and you know, looking at what they what they did, uh, you know, they also, uh, you know, basically got rid of uh, Jeremy Macklin as well. Uh, you know, and, and that was dog. Yeah. One of the other big off season moves that they made, but you look at that roster, uh, you know, Kelsey's a great player. Um, you know, I, I liked the young running back uh, hunt. I, I liked him coming out of the draft and, and uh, he has proven to be the real deal. Uh, they let Jamal Charles go in the off season. That was no big loss. I mean, he was, he looks like, like he may be done. um but Andy Reid finds ways to to win games, and, and uh, you know, they went up to New England this week. That, that's a game that the, you know, the defending Super Bowl champions seldom lose, uh, you know, that regular season opener. And they shocked New England, and they shocked uh, pretty much everybody. I mean, I don't know that even the most ardent Chiefs fan looked at that game and goes, oh, yeah, they're going to go into New England and win the opener. There's no doubt about that. Um, but they did it. Uh, you know the only thing is about the the AFC West this year. Those teams are all so close. Um you know the Chargers finished last in the division last year I believe, didn't they? Um Yes, uh-huh. Yeah. They're not a bad football team. Um you know they would be you know they would be the second best football team in the AFC North or the AFC uh East I should say. Yeah. They would win maybe maybe the AFC North. <laughs> they would win the AFC South. Uh and they're gonna and you know they're gonna be playing for. I, I think they finish third this year in that division. Uh, they'll be in. in yeah, play, I still had I still had them in the basement. I think they'll finish ahead of Denver yeah, just you because. Might be right, you might be right. Uh, you know, Denver still doesn't have a quarterback. Uh, you know, they have the worst quarterback in that division to be sure, and they have some nice pieces around Trevor Simeon, but it's not. You know, at some point that the quarterback situation and you can still run on Denver. That was that was very apparent last night. They have not fixed that run defense. Um, but Denver's a tough place to win, and so they're going to knock off some of those teams out there. I think the winner of the of the AFC West this year wins ten or eleven games, uh, and they may be you know they're going to be a really good football team. But they're going to have to go on the road in, in in week one, I think, in the playoffs because I think New England and Pittsburgh are going to are going to be the top two seeds in in the uh, AFC playoffs.
0: You know, um, uh, <clears throat> I thought um, uh, Denver's defense uh, is still good enough from a pressure standpoint and a secondary to be able to win some games for him because it is is a passing league. Um, uh, Trevor Simeon looked okay last night. Um, He still has a couple targets with Emmanuel Sanders and uh, uh, Demarius Thomas. Um, The Chargers are going through a coaching change. Uh, They're going to change their whole – I shouldn't say they're going to, but the intent is to run the ball more with Anthony Lynn. Now, to me, you're playing away from what your strength is, although I've always liked Melvin Gordon. Um, but if they can run the ball and supplement their pass with the run, then, uh, hey, with Keenan Allen and, and Phillip Rivers, um, I, I'm shocked that Antonio Gates is, is still playing, to be perfectly It's hard to honest. believe I yeah, mean, yeah. I know. But um, I've always thought that they had the personnel. I've always thought that they were better than what they are, or better than their record is but you know it's like a great coach said along they are who we thought they were their record indica- you know the record tells you what type of team they are that's what i've always believed you are what your record says you are and uh, but they, i think they have a you know they have a they've only won what nine games i
1: think the last two years so. yeah uh, they've had some injury issues and i yeah. think they've been a little snake but especially on the offensive line um, you know, when I look at that at that defense, I mean, you, you've got two good edge rushers in Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. I really like Joey Bosa. Yeah. I, I picked him as my defensive player of the year. They can get after it yeah. a little bit, and so, you know, I, I think they're going to give some teams some trouble. They lost that game last night, but, uh, again, I didn't expect them to win in Denver to, to open the season. I think they're going to beat some teams, and uh, they, could be, they could be a little surprising this year, but... Uh, I still like Kansas City in that division. I think they've got the best overall roster out there.
0: Yeah, I agree, and uh, I, I'm a big uh, Andy Reid fan from a standpoint. Uh, his teams are well-coached. Every um, year. Yeah, they they figure it out. Their game plans are solid. Uh, you know, they have some big play guys. They run the West Coast offense. He has the perfect quarterback for how he likes to play. Uh, but they also lose uh, uh, Eric Berry. That hurts. That's going to that hurt them. And so, but, I mean, I had to pick them before the season, and that's why I picked them. I still think they'll be okay. I still think they'll win the division. Uh, But Oakland, see, Oakland, to me, has to prove they can do it again. Do they have the players? Yeah, they used the draft, their first and second rounds, to get Khalil Mack, uh, uh, Amari Cooper, and Derek Carr. So they got their big big play, big-time players in those first two rounds. You give them credit. But to me, I I have to see another year. Back it up. Do it again.
1: Yeah, and they they have the – they don't – they don't have the, the the dual pass rushers like the other teams. No, do. right. And they have a good offensive Khalil, line, too. Khalil Mack is very good, yeah. but he's a one-man show for them. They only had, like, 25 sacks all of last year. and He you he know, had 24 of them, I think. Yeah, and <laughs> so I think when it's just one guy like that, when you saw the Steelers play the Oakland Raiders here a couple years ago, Khalil Mack was taken out of that game. I think he had one tackle. Uh, Marcus Gilbert just shut him down, and nobody else on that roster was really capable of, uh, of getting to the quarterback and you know so i think you can do that to, to that kind of player um you know when you look at uh, we we talked about San Diego's pass rushers uh, you know you, you know what Denver has Kansas City's got Lamar Houston there that uh, is a dynamic pass rusher and they've they've got some other guys as well and D Ford Yeah D yeah. yeah, Ford's a guy that can get after the quarterback so they've got they've got the two dynamic pass rushers that's what the Steelers need they, they you know they they need to get those outside linebackers going here. If they can do that and get the push that they think they can get from from Hayward and Toot and, and Hargraves, they could have a really special defense.
0: Yeah, Dale, you need that guy. You need that guy that on third and 12, the other team's going, okay, where's 48 or right. where's 90? You know, rut row. And, and they don't have that guy. They don't have that guy that's instilling the fear into the other quarterback or Yet. the opposing quarterback. <laughs> right. Uh, right. I think they have the potential to, both with 90 and 48. Um, uh, but they don't. That's what they're missing. They don't have Von Miller. They don't have Khalil Mack or that type of player. Even Justin Houston, DeMarcus Ware, and I know that's a high level to achieve. But to me, to be an elite defense, you need one of those guys.
1: Yeah, and you've taken both of those guys in the first round. You would you would hope that the expectation would be that one of them or both emerge as those kind of guys. When you start talking about those pass rushers on the other teams, that's where those guys were taken.
0: Well, that's going to do it for tonight's show, our first Steeler huddle show of the season. Our thanks to Stefan Tuitt, the Steeler defensive end, for joining us in Hour 1, as he will every Tuesday night. For my co-host, Dale Lawley, I'm Jerry Dulack. We hope you enjoyed listening to two hours of good Steeler talk right here on ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 AM, 106.3 FM.